we bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing in the freaks of Hello, everyone. It is AEW Unrestricted. I am Aubrey Edwards here with my best friend, Drumroll. And this where you see your name. Oh, I thought you were going to say it. I'm Will Washington. Hey! hey! <laughs> and this is what's the great, greatest part about not talking about these intros ahead of time. It's like, how the hell is this going to go this time? <laughs> no, it always goes great. And look, it's it's a big week for AEW. Spending hey. our entire week in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We had Arlington Dynamite uh, just a day ago. We've got Ring of Honor, Final Battle coming up. Curtis Caldwell Center, one of our favorite venues to be at, I think statistically <laughs> I think think, the, no, no i was gonna say i think statistically i think that's the venue we've been at the most need to triple check that but i feel like we've been at that venue quite a bit in aew's history and of course ring of honor is no stranger to that venue uh super card of honor 2022 was there that was the first time the ftr faced the briscoes and i was right there in the building and to, for ring of honor to be returning to the Curtis Caldwell Center, Garland, Texas, always great. And it's actually like a really great card coming up. You know, we've got Keith Lee finally going one-on-one with Shane Taylor. And it's so oh, funny yeah. because I was just watching last year's final battle. Uh, Shane Taylor Promotions, uh, it was J.D. Griffey and uh, Shane Taylor took on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. It was the final time that Swerve and Our Glory ever teamed up. So it's like wow. one year later. Keith Lee and Shane Taylor now going one on one. So that story has come full circle. I, I I like that wrestling just like works, that that it all works out that way. And you're like, oh, yeah, this was the last time and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is just how it happened. <laughs> it's great. Well, it's great. I, you know, I was thinking about other things like we had announced, you know, Hangman Adam Page face Roderick Strong on Dynamite. But the last time that those two faced off was Final Battle 2014 in Ring of Honor. And so uh, back when Hangman Adam Page was. Roderick Strong's young boy. Like a lot has changed over time and it's actually kind of cool. But the big match happening on this show, the Dude. main event, Dude. Athena defending the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. She's been champion a year. She won the title last year from Mercedes Martinez at final battle in Arlington, Texas. All of a sudden now, Athena, one year later, still champion. And she is defending against Billy Starks. And what's been an incredible story. It's been my favorite story on Ring of Honor. And I think a lot of people will agree with that because it's just been so wonderful to see like Athena doing her thing and then Billy coming into her own because Billy's been like a big star on the indies for a while. So to see a little bit more of her character come through. I mean, Lexi's even been killing it through all of this. Like, oh, my God. I feel like this has been almost like a coming out party for Lexi. It's like Lexi is great. And like we all knew it, but now everybody knows it. So like. What what this storyline has done for these three women has been absolutely incredible. And I was so happy when I heard that they got the main event because Athena has, and, and I say this as someone who has been hit and knocked out by Athena. Like, I hate her. She's awful. But I will give credit where it is due. She has earned this spot. For her and Billy to be going in the main event of Final Battle is just really freaking cool. And I just want to like give the girls their flowers that like they've worked for it, they earned it, and this is awesome. And I'm so excited to watch the show. And honestly, if you haven't been following it, one of the cool things we've been doing lately in AEW is the AEW Timelines videos. If you haven't checked those out, they're so good. Um, but literally on the AEW YouTube channel, 
It's uh, titled From Minion to ROH Women's Championship Challenger. Uh, the Ooh. history of Athena and Starks. It's two hours and 46 minutes. It's the entire history Ooh. of all things Athena and Billy Starks. And if you want to get caught up before Final Battle, it's a great way to do it. Again, two hours and 46 minutes. A whole lot of content. You can get the entire story of everything that's gone on between the two of them uh, in case you've missed it and you want to get ready for an incredible main event. Shout out to our production team for putting those together because those have been friggin' awesome, especially going into these big marquee matches to be able to watch them and go, oh, I forgot that happened. And oh, yeah, this is the thing that happened. And this is a here thing. So it, it lets you like appreciate all of the callbacks and all the little intricacies and the nuances that happen in wrestling. And it's just so exciting. There's so much stuff happening. Like I, I know we're excited to go to work every week. It's just super awesome. And speaking of work every week, we're here on the podcast. Will, who's our guest today? The one. The only Mariah May. Mariah Yay. May, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I have to tell a quick story about my first interaction with you. As most people know, I'm a massive Mariah Carey fan, right? And so I'm oh, yeah. usually walking around with some type of like Mariah shirt on. And I happened at one TV, I can't even remember which one it was, but I had a shirt on that just says Mariah at the top, right? And then I walk into catering. There you are. And you're like, oh, Mariah shirt. Uh, and then I like unzip my hoodie a little bit more. And I'm like, yeah, Mariah Carey. Sorry, Mariah May. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I knew it was a Mariah Carey shirt, but I wanted you to feel uncomfortable. So <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. Because you didn't That's know awesome. me. So I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is over the last few weeks, I've come to learn that this is you. This is who you are and this is how you tend to to make people feel and it's great and i think the people that don't know your brand of humor it's almost unfortunate because it's almost like they don't know that you're like messing with them in a lot of ways but the best part they don't know me they don't know that i'm bred like they don't get it so they just think that i'm genuinely really weird and i'm like yeah how long can i get away with it people are starting to get it though they're like (laughs) But some people don't get it and they're like, oh. I, I think it's interesting because like, I think in wrestling, you to be successful, you have to have some sort of like weirdness about you because it's like we literally play fight in our underwear. Like there's, it's, it's kind of weird if you think about it. But I think because there's such a big spectrum for what that is, not everyone's brand of weird is the same. I love this podcast. I've come on. It's like, hi, AEW fans. This is Mariah May. She's new and she's weird. She's weird as fuck. <laughs> Please enjoy her. Please enjoy her. <laughs> No, legit. It has been great having you around. And I think, honestly, your brand of weird is a big, big part of it. But another big part of it is the fact that for a lot of people who have been following you through your wrestling career, it's it's been exciting to have you around. And then for the people who don't know you, the way you've been introduced so far has left so much intrigue. You've been, of course, a, a part of Tony Storm's rise back up to her world championship win. Um, you were introduced by RJ City in a backstage segment. I want to talk to you a little bit about how that all came together. Okay, for sure. I mean, obviously, I love Tony Storm. It's not exactly a secret, but for me, when I was training, I'm from the UK. You couldn't tell by the accent. I'm from the UK, and when I was coming up... A little up, bit of a when, giveaway. Yeah, just a tiny <laughs> bit. I mean, a lot of people think I'm an Aussie, though. Or Canadian. I've had Canadian, which I don't really understand. But, you know, when I was coming up was when Tony Storm was kind of the girl in the UK. 
She was like a champion in all the top promotions. She was going to Japan, which was always a really big goal of mine. Um, so I really looked up to her a lot. And then when I went to stardom, everyone was always like, oh, you're just like Tony. So it's really cool to now be in AEW and kind of be following along and kind of just behind Tony, which is really cool. It's like when art mimics life, but then life is mimicking art in this weird symbiotic circular relationship. Because of that, like you you look up to Tony Storm, kind of seeing her as someone that's like, she's making it in this scene that I'm trying to make it in. And now she's making it on TV. Obviously, your goal as a wrestler is to eventually end up on a TV stage because that's how, you know, we end up getting getting the fame that that you guys all need and deserve and all those wonderful things. What was your first conversation with Tony Khan, the other Tony. <laughs> there's another Tony? Um, oh my God, there's like 12 of them. <laughs> oh yeah, just wait till you have to talk to Tony Schiavone and then you also have, yeah, there, there's Tony so many Nies. Tonys you have to there's deal with. There's got to be a limit. We can't have any more. That's it now. The Tony but, Nies, yeah, there's no, a sorry, dude. Oh, God, it's growing. <laughs> but um, I was actually in stardom. I had just done the big pay-per-view over there, which was All-Star Grand Queendom. And I actually did commentary on it, which got me quite a bit of like a buzz, funnily enough, doing commentary. And I'd been wrestling there for maybe four or five months. And then um, AEW reached out and Tony reached out and they really enjoyed what I was doing. And they wanted me to come to AEW, which I was very surprised. I didn't, I just didn't think like I was ready to go to America to be on TV. I just didn't really know where it came from. And then once that kind of wore, wore off, I was like, okay, I really want to go. But like, for me with going to stardom and going into Japan, that's something that I wanted when I started training And I felt like I was just scratching the surface really of like what I could do and how I could grow as a performer, especially in ring. Um, So I said, look, I I really want to come. Kind of still can't believe that you guys want me, but I do want to kind of finish off things that I wanted to do in Japan. So I did the five-star Grand Prix, which if you don't watch Stardom, it's their big singles tournament and it's just kind of the best of the best. And I managed to get myself in there. Um, and that was such an amazing experience because I learned so much and I, I feel like I grew so much. So now when I come to AEW, I have a lot more to offer than I did back in May. Um, but yeah, that was our original conversation. And we talked about a lot of ideas and I was really excited. And that, like, I was like in Japan, like doing what I was doing, but I was like, AEW and like, just kind of like, it was a lot happening in my mind of like, I'm really excited about this next step. But I kind of wanted to finish off this little chapter that I had with stardom. But yeah, that was kind of our first chat. So, so speaking of that, because I'm curious, like, why was stardom the spot for you? Like, why was that the goal that you had set for yourself? So I'm a little bit of a nerd for Japanese wrestling. Um, I have to say as well, so when I started wrestling, someone actually showed me stardom. And then I kind of went down the rabbit hole. It just opened up a whole new world to me. And when I kind of started training was around the time of the women's revolution, when we were kind of starting to see more women on TV. But stardom is a different beast. I mean, they've been doing women's wrestling and they wrestle just like the men. The style is a little, it's different from American wrestling. You know, I enjoy both. I like Japanese wrestling, I like American wrestling. Um, but I just remember seeing it and just being like amazed just the way they dress. And I mean, it's, Japanese wrestling is really cool as well because it's a different kind of culture. So for example, on their entrances, like some of them will do dances. And I just never seen anything like this. It was so cool. And then the in-ring style, obviously, if you know Japanese wrestling, you know it's something different. So I knew that that was, I definitely wanted to perform there. And then the more I started wrestling in the UK, I felt like there weren't that many opponents for me because at that time, like a lot of the, you know, the Tony Storms of the world were going to America and were like moving on. And there was kind of a bit of an absence of women, I have to say. And especially after lockdown as well, there was, it was like no one. 
so just from a learning perspective, I wanted to go there because their schedule, I mean, I wrestled 99 matches in nine months. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, and then they have the dojo as well. So I was like, if I want to really step up my wrestling, which is what I wanted to do, I need people who are much better than me and I need to wrestle them all the time. And they would always give me feedback and they would always have so much time to like help you. They're very generous. And so that's why it was a really big goal for me was because I wanted to get that up. And I selfishly wanted to like perform on that stage, but mainly I wanted to get better because I remember when I first got there, I was like, oh God, I have to get really good really quickly because stardom now is just huge compared to years ago. It's just skyrocketed. So yeah, it's always been a really big goal. So I'm really happy I got to do it. By the way, inside reference for just two people in this room right now, that 99 matches in nine months is accurate. <laughs> Will does his fact checking in the middle of his podcast. So uh, it's something he pops me every time. <laughs> so, you know, it, what was interesting is, you know, we talk about those nine months. You know, I've been in AEW about uh, seven months now. And the entire time I was in AEW, this was just one of those things that had been talked about of that it was that Mariah May is coming. Eventually, that rumor kind of made its way outside of AEW. And I started seeing it popping up on like news sites, things like that, of like, uh, there's talk of Mariah May coming into AEW. And I'm like, how did this get out? But the main thing that I was curious about was, how did you deal with that, with those being your last few months in stardom and knowing that this was all floating around, like, oh, Mariah May is coming to AEW? Because you were craftfully ignoring it that entire time. You didn't say a single word. You didn't respond to these rumors. You didn't address it. Anything along those lines, you were like, hey, I see my name trending. Check out stardom. And like that was... (laughs) I knew I was going home in a week and I was like challenging for a title. I was like, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I didn't tell anybody because I guarded that secret with my life. And then I saw it leak. I, I actually woke up in the middle of the night, actually. Because in Japan, I think the time it leaked was like 5 a.m. or something. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the middle of the night. That's way too early. And I just remember waking up and I just picked up my phone and I had, I'd never had that many notifications in my life. And I was like, oh, no. And then to be fair, like the, some of the girls kind of like asked, they were like, oh, Mariah, maybe AEW. And I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> deny, deny, deny. No. <laughs> Obviously, Stardom's run by Rossi, who I have a very good relationship with, and I felt really bad not telling him. But somebody, I'm not going to name names, somebody in the star does leak stuff about the Westerners in particular, about where they're going to go, what they're going to do, because I would have a direct conversation with somebody and then they would put it on the dirt sheets about it. Like I shut down my store, for example, my merch store, and the exact conversation I had about it ended up on the dirt sheet with the person's name on it. So I was like, I really wanted to be very honest with Rossi because I have a lot of time and respect for him, but I couldn't tell him until literally the day I was going to debut. I, I sent him a message to obviously thank him and let him know, you know, I'm going to AW. But I couldn't tell him because he would innocently be like, oh, you know, Mariah can't come back next year. She's going to AW. And then it would all leak. So I had to like really keep it a secret because I was like, I know someone's leaking anything. So, yeah, um, I kind of had to keep it to myself. And then towards the very end, I did let some of the girls know, but they don't. I mean, they're in a different universe from it. But, yeah, it was very, it was very funny on Twitter. I just, like, would get so many replies, and I just had to be like, I don't see anything. I just, <laughs> 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 just have to keep ignoring it. <laughs> 
No, I, honestly, I was very impressed at that. That you were like, no, I am a stardom wrestler. I don't know what this means. I don't I know what you're love, referring to. It's I great. love surprises. So I was kind of sad that it happened. But in a way, I think it was good because it built a lot of like suspense for it. But I was sad because like I, you know, when I grew up watching wrestling, there was like, I didn't use the internet or anything. And it was just everything was a surprise. Anyone yeah. returning from an injury was a surprise. Anyone debuting was a surprise. The finish to a match was a surprise. So when I see stuff leak, I just, I hate it because I'm just like, why can't we just have wrestling? This isn't fun. Part of the excitement of wrestling is the surprises. I 100% agree. And people should just stop leaking stuff because it makes it more fun for everybody when it doesn't leak. Anyway, speaking of fun, this is a fun conversation so far. And we've got so much more to talk about here on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey, Will, Mariah. We're having an awesome talk about one of AEW's newest stars coming here from stardom and moving to the country. And speaking of which, if you're watching this podcast on uh, YouTube, new episodes every Monday, you will see that uh, Mariah's place is very empty (laughs) because you very recently moved to the States. Yes, well, this is my living space here i actually have a candle i don't know if you guys can see. yeah i can see the candle you got a candle it's festive candle i have a candle i have a there you go the first thing i actually bought was a ps5 and a tv oh you're like my favorite person yeah this is like my little man cave so yeah i've got no furniture yet to be honest like i feel like since i've got here we've been obviously it's like a weekly thing so and then we had the pay-per-view which was like a whole chunk so i'm like never really home and then when i am i play my playstation and i i go to bed (laughs) i will get furniture it's weird because when you're on the road all the time and you come home you're like what are these things that i actually use what do i need to invest in because like can you just can you just balance your food on a suitcase and just eat your dinner that way or do you really need a table the apartment came with like this counter thingy we call them a breakfast (laughs) bar i assume it's the same so i just kind of uber eats off there my pantry has shoes in it um I think <laughs> at some point i'm gonna go and get some food to put in it but uh it's not really been a priority and then obviously it's like christmas time i was like i'm not gonna bother getting a tree that's pathetic there's nothing in my apartment but my friend actually sent me like a little i opened this box and like a big tree just pops out there's like big trees <laughs> so i actually i do have a christmas tree and a wi-fi box in here just not to brag but so what's the process of moving back to the States like? How has that been for you, like, adapting to this new life? Horrible. This is the, only, <laughs> the only bad thing in my life right now is, is the moving thing. So obviously, I just lived in Japan, which was very different because in Japan, I was just on, like, a very long tour. Living in Japan was amazing. It was also difficult because, obviously, you know, I don't speak Japanese. I could speak a little bit, but I don't speak Japanese. I live totally by myself. It was a different experience, but the easy part was I didn't really have to sort anything out apart from like my gym membership. I didn't really have to do much. Whereas coming to America, obviously I'm starting a new life here. So there's a lot more things to do, like getting a social number, getting an American phone number, getting a driver's license, getting a bank account, doing all this stuff. And it seems like it would just be a list, but it's not. And it's not straightforward and it's very difficult. That's why I don't have a sofa. This is why I'm in an empty apartment. And you know what? I'm just going to prolong it as long as I can. And you've got health insurance. We have the NHS. So this. Oh, brother. Yeah. No, that's a whole different beast. What an experience that is too. So (laughs) moving has been the only kind of downside because I love work so much. Like that's been my favorite part of the week is going to work, which is crazy. Who would have thought going to work is fun. But um, (laughs) yeah, coming home, I'm like, I have all these things to sort out and I don't. I just play Fortnite. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm terrible. I, I I would give people advice on moving, but don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know, like you at work, you were describing kind of the horror stories just recently, and the odd thing is everything you've described. I was like hoping there was going to be an update, and these are all the same problems no, you had same. like did two I weeks tell ago. You about, I went to the social security office. Did I tell mm-hmm. you that? You were starting to tell me that, but and tell our was, audience that story. Hey, outside the social security office, there was a fight, and everyone was and screaming and yelling, and I was just like, "What is going?" Like, like I'm talking a physical fight. You don't really see this. I mean, I just lived in Japan. You never see that ever. Everyone is so polite and just perfect. So like I was just there like wow <laughs> on a Monday morning I was like this is insane. <laughs> Welcome to America where we fight outside the Social Security office. And then you go in the office and it's like the American flag and the president in the frame and I was like oh God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the topic of wrestling. Yes. I want to talk about Club Venus. Yes. That very quickly became kind of a thing you were known for is uh, being a part of the Club Venus faction. Talk a little bit about that and describe what that experience was like. So in Japan, for those who don't keep up with Japanese wrestling, they're very big on factions. You pretty much will, if you do anything in Japan, you end up in a, in a group. It's a little bit different from how we have them in, in this country. But yeah, everyone... Oh, we're big on factions in AEW too. Yeah, I we mean, are. Prince Nana. like. <laughs> <laughs> which I like because I like a fact I think it makes sense but um so originally like the group of us going to Japan was different and then various people couldn't go and things kept changing um and then it ended up being myself and another girl and then Mina who founded Club Venus which so she was originally in Cosmic Angels who dance the dance I was talking about it's like do 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 um so I was really excited and then we made like a subunit and um, we danced, which was the big thing that went viral. But one of the reasons it went viral is because so basically any foreigner that went to stardom ended up in Club Venus. But some foreigners did not want to do the dance and they let that be known as they did the dance. So like me and Mina are like giving every single part of our body to this dance. And then some girls would just be like, they just didn't want to do it. So every single week on Twitter, it would just go viral. <laughs> like... Everyone just on different beats, doing different things. But yeah, but Club Venus was essentially Mina's faction. Yeah, she started, she started her own faction, which was a big deal for her. And it was just the foreigner faction, which now has no one in it. Very sad. There's no, very, nobody very in it. <laughs> so it, it's interesting because you're a part of this faction with Mina, but then you go on to defeat her to become the goddess of stardom champion. <laughs> so, uh, so I beat Mina in the five-star tournament. Because so when I came to Japan, like obviously on screen, Mina is like my mentor because she leads Club Venus. But she actually behind the scenes was a really big mentor for me as well. Like she, if I didn't get something or I had a match and she gave me feedback, she would literally come with me to the dojo and practice for hours with me so I could like nail my drop kicks and nail all my stuff. Um, so she was really cool. And so what you kind of saw on screen with our relationship, because we were also a tag team too, but she was kind of guiding me it was actually really real behind the scenes as well and yeah so I I really wanted to beat her in the five star because I felt like that was like a big full circle moment and I did and then we did also become the goddess of stardom champions which is the tag belts which was really cool for me because I to win a title in Japan is just such a big honor and I love the stardom titles because they're actually a star so I feel like I always have those pictures of us with the stardom titles and I love that I won it with a Joshi as well. I feel like that's really cool too. And it just kind of like 
I feel like for my whole tour, I feel like that's like my favorite moment is when we won the titles together. Because I just, if I think back to January, because I was only supposed to go for a month, no, three months, I wouldn't have thought like, you know, six months on we'd be champions. So that was really cool. So that's what you got to get for your apartment is you got to like print out the photos and like big canvas things. I there you go. have something. So she gave me like a, it's like a key. In Japan, they have really cute everything. And they do these yes. like picture frames, but they're like a keychain. So you can like hang it on anything. And she made me one with us with the belts. And then on the back, she wrote like a really sweet message. And then it also has Sanrio, which is like Hello Kitty, all of my favorite characters stuck on it. <laughs> So that's in my apartment as well. But yeah. Love it. Talking about those nine months uh, and those 99 matches that we accurately uh, verified. Did, did you ever picture as you got into wrestling just almost five years ago, did you imagine that being a part of Japan's biggest women's wrestling promotion was going to be such a big part of your career, the thing that you essentially yeah. became known for? No, I mean, I obviously wanted it to be but like I didn't think it would happen because I I didn't even know how to get to Japan anyway like I had no idea how to you, you typically take a plane <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was very British there was a little bit of British humor uh, the, honestly it's being around you so much this is, I figured that was like a you line and so that, that was really good I'm a little bit yeah. shook <laughs> but um <laughs> no so like you know training and coming up and stuff it was hard to kind of get to Japan because typically to get to Japan aside from taking an airplane um, you have to actually have a job and to get a job, you kind of need to know somebody and to know somebody, you kind of have to have done something in wrestling. So it was always a really big goal of mine. But when I kind of started wrestling, so I started training, I think around like 2019, and I'd been on shows for around a year and then the lockdown happened. And in locked, I mean, we were locked down for almost two years and I didn't wrestle at all. Like I, yeah, I know there was like no fans tapings and various things like that, but there wasn't really much in the UK and I, I wasn't on any of it. So I didn't really do a lot. And then when I came back after lockdown, the scene was pretty desolate compared to before. Like a lot of people had moved on, a lot of people have quit, etc. So it was crazy because then once I went to Japan, I think I've had more matches in Japan than I have in my entire career before that, which is really funny. And yeah, like I said, it was supposed to be three months. And then I remember in my first week, Rossi was like, yeah, you know, we want girls to stay for, for longer. Like, and I was like, well, I'll stay for longer. And he was like, oh, how long do you want to stay for? And I'm like, as long as you guys want me to stay for. So I yeah. ended up just like extending my tour. I just called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, um, I'm just going to stay. And she was like, yeah, you should do it. You have to you have to do it. So I'm really happy I got to do that because it meant I got to become like a part of the roster and a part of the storylines rather than just doing a little tour and leaving. So there were definitely highs and lows of it, but I'm so happy I did it. And I always said to myself, if I ever got the opportunity, I was just going to stay and just work really hard and then i mean it obviously worked because i got offered an aw contract so there you go um so what's sort of the thing that you miss most about japan now that you're back in now that you're in america i miss my friends i i really became close with the girls there i know that we don't speak the same language but you end up forming like a very special relationship they were kind of like my family and like some of them as well like some of the younger girls i feel like they were like my little sisters i never had a sister I feel like they were like my little sisters and sometimes like I'll see stuff come up on Twitter or like fans will tag me and stuff with them and I just I can't deal with it. I'm like, I can't even watch it. I really do miss them. I feel like we had like a very special bond and they were like my family in a way. So I definitely miss the girls and I also miss the wrestling because I haven't wrestled since I left Japan as we know, but the wrestling style in Japan is, is amazing. It's my favorite kind of wrestling. So I definitely miss being in the ring with them. 
My body doesn't, but I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's, there's this awesome conversation. We've got more to talk about specifically with wrestling and Mariah and who knows what else here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up. AEW Unrestricted. Sovereign Will and my other favorite Mariah. It's Mariah May. <laughs> I'm going to become your favorite. Hey, oh. I, 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 I wasn't ranking them. Although, so I'm on the same level as Mariah Carey. Is <laughs> well, that what you're uh, saying? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not saying anything. Although you mentioned to me recently, that is actually like the origin of your name. Yeah. So like, my, like <laughs> I feel like it was kind of setting me up for failure because I can't sing. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I really you can dance, sing. but you can't sing. I don't even think I can dance. I think I'm just committed. You just do, yeah. That's honestly how you can dance, is if you commit to it, then you can or dance. Or you can have tequila. Either one works. Unfortunately, Correct. before a match, tequila is not an option. So blind faith and commitment is the only thing I had. But yeah, I can't really sing. And yeah, basically, I think my dad wanted to call me like Mia or something. And my mom was like, absolutely not. And then they love Mariah Carey. So they were like, how about Mariah? And they'd never seen like another Mariah. So they're like, yeah, let's do that. So I'm named after Mariah Carey. Can't sing a note, but I'm here. I'm sure you're freaking great. Yeah, I do. No, no, you can't. <laughs> this, this is the most me story anybody could possibly tell. Um, but so you've been in AEW now a little bit of time. Let's talk about the experience so far. You've been working very closely with RJ City. And what's that been like? You want to talk about RJ City? Sure. I, of course I want to talk about RJ. You have my time and that's what you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, RJ is very funny, very sweet. Obviously, he connected me with Tony, so I have to say all good things about him. But, you know, I'm hoping to maybe meet a few more people at AW outside of RJ City. That would be cool. I met Renee Young. Much better this week. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that. That leads to a, a lot of what I want to ask, such as uh, the locker room. How has it been with the, the women's locker room so far? It's Is- amazing. I'm really excited to actually wrestle because everyone's really cool. Obviously, like I said, I've been here for a minute. You wouldn't believe it, given that I live in, in you know an empty apartment. But I have actually been in America for like, I feel like maybe over a month. Yes, it's a month today. <gasps> Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. Uh, it's going really well. So, I know, everyone, <laughs> it's going everyone's really well really, i have a ps5 <laughs> everyone's really cool and obviously every week you know i watch the show i watch the women's matches especially the last pay-per-view as well um so i'm dying to get in there with them i think i think it's going to be a lot of really cool stuff so they're really cool better than rj city and <laughs> uh, i mean so going up and down the roster is there anybody in particular you're itching to get in the ring with yes i really want to wrestle Sheeta for statlander I, I want to wrestle everybody, to be honest. And I'm also, I think Julia Hart and everything she's doing is really cool. So I definitely love to cross paths with her in the future, not right now. Um, I'm obviously very preoccupied at the minute, but I think in the future, I'd love to cross paths with her. I think that would be really cool. So I can see a lot of things that I feel like are going to be great matches, but more importantly, great stories, because that's why I like wrestling too. And I feel like as well, coming from Japan, people have this perception of Japanese wrestling that you just drop each other on your head and that's it, which we do drop each other on our head, but there's actually a but really there's story. There is a good story. And being that I couldn't, you know, I learned some Japanese supremacy, but being that I couldn't speak Japanese for me when I was telling stories or I was part of storylines in Japan, I really had to tell that story in the ring because I had no other choice. 
I'm excited to get into that and kind of show what I can do because that is my favorite part of wrestling is the actual story behind everything. Damn, that makes a lot of sense. In all sometimes of I have like good thoughts in my head. <laughs> I have like one brain cell, but it works hard. It's almost like wrestling is a universal language or something, and you like fully committed to that. So oh, beautiful, hmm. isn't it? So beautiful. Just tells a wonderful story. So I'm actually curious, like, because you started wrestling around 2019. You're you're clearly very young. What was the thing that got you into wrestling? So I actually grew up with two older brothers, and um, we used to watch wrestling growing up, and we used to wrestle each other. But because I was the girl, I always had to be the referee, which I was like, I want to hit you. And so we See, I don't want to hit anybody, so it's fine. You can have it. (laughs) (laughs) So we used to like play wrestle all the time. Sometimes I would be allowed to wrestle. It would be a handicap match and I would be allowed to wrestle. Um, But we used to, you know, play wrestle all the time and stuff. And I I never really grew out of it, to be honest. I always kind of loved wrestling. And like at school, like I feel like people wanted to make fun of me, but they just couldn't. They're like, oh, it clearly means a lot to her. So we just can't make fun of her for it. But like I was the only person that watched wrestling. Um, and I would just put it on at like school and stuff and they'd all be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, watch it. It's so good. Um, and like when I was younger, I'd get into so much trouble because you'd have sleepovers and I would put on like, you know, like attitude era, like hardcore. So, and the mums would be like to my mom, like she keeps putting on wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they did not want me around their children. But yeah, so I, I was definitely a fan growing up. And then um, when I left school, I really wanted to do it. And my teachers actually called in my mum to sit her down and be like, Mariah wants to become a wrestler. We don't want her to do this. We want her to go and do, they wanted me to become a historian or a teacher. I like history, but like, I did not want to do that. So uh, my mum had to kind of like fight at school for me to like be allowed to go off and try to become a wrestler. So when I was yeah, school, I actually became an accountant. I don't know what, what happened there, but my mum was basically like, look, you can do whatever you want just get a backup, which I agree with because rest, with anything you should have backups because things might not work out. You might not like them. With wrestling, obviously, there's a big physical risk involved with it. It might not work out because it's entertainment. It's never, you know, a stable thing. Um, so she said, you can do whatever you want as long as, you know, you get backup. So I went into accountancy and then whilst I was doing that, I was also training. Um, and then I would use the money that I made from my job to pay for all my wrestling training and travel and things like that. And then you know, started to kind of just before lockdown really get somewhere with wrestling and start to travel because my biggest advice to anyone who wants to become a wrestler is you have to travel, especially if you're from Europe, you have to go and travel, uh, get on that airplane. And then lockdown happened. No traveling, no wrestling, nothing. Um, But over that time, I really just tried to build a brand on social media, which is my other bit of advice is social media is a horrible place, but it's also an incredible place. And, you know, you can really make something for yourself. So I just try to really focus on building my brand and I do other things as well. I do acting, I stream on Twitch, I have a YouTube, like I do other stuff because I think it helps you with wrestling. It helps you get noticed. And then once I came back from lockdown, I just traveled because that is kind of how you do it. Well, let's talk about your your social media presence. Um, You do have your Twitch in which you are kind of playing a, a myriad of things, just pulling it up. Right in front of me, I see Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 8. And then, of course, you mentioned um, that you've been playing Fortnite as well. What is, I guess, the typical day in the life of gaming, Mariah? You don't want to know her. She's a horrible person. (laughs) I like, so there's something called being a sweat. And I don't know if you guys have heard of that term, but a sweat is when you're like really good at a game. And so you call it like a sweat. Like, oh, you're a sweat. It means you're like taking it really seriously. So she's very sweaty. 
I have a lot of like rage that comes out when I play games. Like I actually stopped streaming Fortnite because I felt that it brought out a very bad side of me. <laughs> I'm like, this is supposed to be building my brand, and I feel like people are probably like, she's awful. Um, and I, <laughs> Animal Crossing, if you've ever heard of it, is a wonderful game where you. I love Animal a Crossing. Small, round person, and you live with animals and you farm, and it's not competitive. But I make it competitive and I make it a horrible, toxic, chaotic, awful game. But I think my brand on Twitch is that I managed to make any game like Pokemon Snap stressful. So no matter how easy or lifestyle like the game is, I will find a way to make it toxic and sweaty. So that's my brand. That's my thing. Mariah May X, if you guys want to be a part of that, if you want your day <laughs> if you want your day ruined. I love the Animal Crossing shout out because it's definitely one of those like it's a game that like you can make it whatever you want. My favorite part of Animal Crossing is just taking bugs to Blathers and like having him freak the hell out. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I just he ta- he ta- so like there's like dialogue and he talks so much and you have to click through all of it. The music is annoying, he's annoying. I don't like the colors in the museum either. <laughs> it's very bland. Horrible. <laughs> yeah guys everyone go by animal crossing it's a great game i also wanted to talk to you about itv2's deep heat wrestling sitcom series where you played the character of roxy yeah i don't know anything about this <laughs> oh, i'm about to tell you so <laughs> so that was kind of crazy i actually got emailed and ignored it because i thought it was like spam like it was like we're doing a wrestling show and we want you to be in it and I was like, eh. um, and then I got like another email, like with ITV, we want you to do this. And I was like, what is this? And then I checked like the actual email address and it was like actually I- ITV. And I was like, oh, ITV is like a really big uh, broadcasting channel in the UK for those Americans who are like, you know. ITV4, home of AEW Dynamite. Yes, hey. watch it. They called me and they're like, look, we're doing like a-, a show about wrestling and we need someone who looks like what anyone would envision a woman's wrestler to look like. And I was like, <laughs> confidence I was like oh my, I was like I'll do anything and then yeah so I got to be a part of this sitcom and it's very British actually it's very much about British wrestling back in the day and it was written by someone who was actually in British wrestling it, it's very funny it's very grassroots and I played a horrible person in it so I was just myself really I got to do lots of wrestling I did one hurricane run off the second that was it there you go it, it was it was great um a great experience if you haven't seen it you can go and watch it it's very British, which I love. <laughs> there, there's a subset of people that if you tell them like, hey, this is this thing, it's very British, all of a sudden they'll gravitate towards it. Yeah, like, if you it's, want to understand why I am the way that I am, you could watch this show. There we go. Sounds like I'm going to need to watch this because I had no idea it existed. And it's freaking awesome. You're an actress. You're uh, a streamer. You're a gamer. You're a wrestler. You're just this cornucopia of all of these different things and i'm so glad we had you on today because now people hey, you'll know- have a sofa one day drive maybe two candles that's my christmas present for myself as a place to sit just just a small chair that's it just just one just a stool. <laughs> the hard just part a stool. is once you develop the habit of just like sitting on the floor you like have this nice self and then you're like, eh, I'm just going to sit. Well, so in Japan, it's very common, you know, to sit on the floor. So for me, I'm very happy to do that. And also in Japan, it's very typical to, to be alone. It's not weird. I've noticed, no offense, Americans are very friendly and they're very um, in your space a lot. 
So as someone who is not only British, so hates everything and everyone, but then has come from Japan, where like I'm a happy person alone sitting there. When I'm at AEW and I'm on my, you know, I, I I never do it anymore because I just it's not worth it. But like when I first got there, I would sit alone. I would get food and sit alone, or I'd sit on the floor and people would come up to me and say, "You doing okay, girl? You okay over here?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Something wrong?" And I'm like, "Why?" You're on your own, and I'm like. Oh no, should I not be like, what's going on? I'd get messages after like, I saw you alone. Is it okay? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so now I just like linger near people because I'm like, I don't want anyone to be like, she's upset. <laughs> the new girl. There you upset. go. <laughs> Mariah May, not a loner. That's what we've discovered today. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am a loner. I, I love being alone. I'm very introverted. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to know more about you. And I look forward to the day that you eventually end up in a ring at AEW. And I can yell numbers at you. And it's going to be really fun. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I forget we're going to be in there together. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You can watch Dynamite on Wednesdays. You can watch Ring of Honor Thursdays. You can watch Rampage Friday, Collision on Saturdays. We've got episodes of this podcast. They come out every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And the video where you can see Mariah's MDA apartment comes out Mondays shortly after. So it'll have a couch eventually. This is what we've learned. We're committed to getting the couch. I have have the most video views of any of the episodes and it's not because I'm in it. It's just because people want to see my... People keep hearing the audio. They're like, we got to see this apartment, man. (laughs) Hey, but that one candle looks legit. (laughs) I am Aubrey Edwards with Will Washington. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now